follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hello, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto, and I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Thank you for joining me. We have a really great show coming up today. I'm looking forward to hearing from our special guest, Karen Gramada. Karen is the author of Mothering Multiples, Breastfeeding and Caring for Twins and More. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hi, Marie. I'm, I'm fine and glad to be here. Oh, good. It's always fun to talk with you, and I think that it would not be an overstatement to say that you have been recognized for many, many years as an expert on twins and higher-order multiples. I for sure know that you are my go-to woman for all of that stuff that I, <laughs> I really feel like if there's any question or any answer, if you don't know it after these years, then there is no answer to it. So <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I'm thinking that before we really get into this discussion, it might be helpful to make sure that we all know what we're all talking about. There are at least four terms that I think would be helpful to define before we get started. Everybody always seems to have a different tray of vocabulary, uh, both people who are healthcare professionals and otherwise. So could you just set us straight on monos? and dizygotics and HMOs and preterms. Can you just give us just a snippet on that, please? Okay, well, um, monozygotic or MZs are also known in the vernacular as identical twins. So they are from the same ovum, the same egg, and the same sperm that's split. Um, And we can go into more discussion of that because if they split before implantation in the uterus, they will have two completely separate placenta and cord, uh, cords, obviously, and um, uh, amniotic and and chorionic sacs. Mm -hmm. If they split, which is more common, they split once the implantation occurs, then it kind of depends on when that split takes place. And the majority of them are, when, when that happens, are what we call modi, which is monochorionic and one placenta, one chorion, and diamniotic. And then another that is a little bit later split are momos, are monochorionic, monoamniotic. Um, some people call that MCMA. Some people call it MoMA. They call it different things. But um, So they can be a variety of different uh, 
of combinations. Combinations, the, yes. Yeah. About 25 to 30%, they think, of um, MZ twins are uh, all, are completely separate placentas. So they're die-die. They're what we call die-die. <laughs> Dichorionic, die, die amniotic. And about 75% or so, 70, 75%, um, are at least monochorionic, so they share a placenta and a chorion. Uh, diazygotic twins are what we call fraternal yes. twins mm-hmm. in the vernacular, and those occur from two separate sperm, two, set, two ova, two eggs, and two sperm. And, of course, they're always going to have uh, di-di. They're always going yes. to have their own placenta and their own um, chorion and amnion. However, sometimes those confuse when they implant close to one another. And after a certain number of weeks, it can be more and more difficult to to tell what they are if they're the same sex when they're the same sex from ultrasound. Um, Karen, the, I usually try to explain to mothers that the the kids who are the uh, the dizygotics are the ones who are really no more alike than if they were brother and sister four years apart. Right. They're just siblings. That's true. Yeah. Right. Okay. They're simply siblings, um, and they just happen to come together. And when you have HOM, HOM is higher order multiples, so that's triplets, quadruplets, and so on, and they can be a combination. Um, uh, probably most of the ones that biologically occur are either all MZ or a set of MZ twins, so to speak, and a dizygotic triplet. So you can have, and that's true for quads or quintuplets or whatever, you can have a combination of MZ and DZ. And then what was the other one you were asking me about? Just help us to get clear on the real meaning of preterm because oh, pre-term. sometimes okay. I hear parents that think that if their kid was born one day ahead of time, that's preterm, and of course it's not. So uh, can we just get straight on that before we start? Okay. Um, and I'm, go- I'm using the um, American Academy of Pediatrics yes, definitions that's and what ACOGS, and, yep. and, um, yep. which is the American Col- Congress of OB-GYN. And they consider any baby before that's 32 weeks complete gestation or sooner to be very preterm. When babies are born between, and then preterm would be kind of that 32 to 33, 6, 30 weeks. 33 weeks and six days of completed gestation. From 34 weeks to 36, six, so 36 weeks and six, six days, days of completed gestation, is considered um, late preterm. And uh, from 37 weeks to 39 or 38, six, is considered early term. Yes. And then 39 or more weeks is considered term. And I hear sometimes mothers are told that, well, term is earlier for multiples. I'm sorry, term is term. Um, yes. When we see multiples that are born late preterm or early term, they behave just the same as, as any singleton, singleton born at that yes. time. Are multiples more likely to be born early? Yes, they are, yes. but that doesn't make them term, and they behave the same as any other preterm baby. Karen, thank you for clarifying that, because sometimes I get into that, and I come from the standpoint of exactly what you just said, how they behave. And that to me, that behavior is really what drives how you interact with that baby, how you take care of that baby. And so it shouldn't matter whether he's a singleton or a multiple. And the other part of that is you, 
immature systems are immature body yes. systems. Yes. And just because you weigh six pounds, if you were 34 or 35 weeks, you're going to behave like a 34 or 35-week baby. So it isn't so much the weight in that case, it's the maturity of the systems. Yes, and I think that's something that people get confused about as well. So you've helped to lay some good groundwork here as we're going to talk about uh, twins and higher order multiples, because as I'm sure you and probably all of our listening audience knows, these babies that are of multiple gestation are frequently born before term, but just because they're before term... Doesn't make them more mature. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And not all preterm kids are exactly the uh, no. alike. You know, I consider that a 32-week gestation baby, I consider him to perhaps have some difficulty with suck and swallow, but pretty much he can do it, as opposed to the 34 or the 35-weeker who can suck and swallow. Yeah, he's not real eager to do it, but yeah, he can do it. But he has a little, uh, he has certainly got many legs up on the 32-weeker. And sure. so endurance can still be an issue. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that what I would like for everybody to understand as we talk about this is that we'll probably in some ways talk about these babies as though they were all the same, but they're actually not. So we need to keep that in mind as we go along. It's what also if- important with multiples to keep in mind that each one of them can be a slightly different and, and babies don't crawl at the same day. They don't walk at the, on the same day. Yes. There's, some, there's some parameters there. There's some variation, and that's true for systems maturity also, also. to some degree. Okay, okay. And that's an important point because I do think that parents often feel that, well, if they're identical twins, they're going to be identical, identical, identical everything. And that's not necessarily the case, right? That's totally the case yeah. because environment – that uterine environment and now the extra uterine environment does make a difference. And while they can be more alike in their behavioral styles, they tend to be more alike in their behavioral styles. They definitely are not the same person. Yes. Did so I did not, I just yes. make that clearer yes. or did I make that yeah. muddier? No, I think I think that you made it clear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one of the questions that I get very frequently is about supplementation. If I've heard this once, I've heard it a million times. Uh, my doctor told me that since I'm having twins, I can't breastfeed. My doctor told me that since I'm having twins, I can breastfeed, but I'll have to supplement. And the baby isn't even born yet, for pity's sake. So how can we address this? Uh, tell, tell me how we can help mothers to... Uh, stand up for themselves and not necessarily believe that? Well, first of all, it's one of the things that probably makes me angriest when I hear things like that. There are yep. hundreds, thousands of us who have fully breastfed, exclusively breastfed our multiples for months and months. And there's others who partially did. But there are many of us who fully breastfed, and most women can produce enough milk for two, three, four babies. Yes. Um, we've had moms who, who were fully either breastfeeding or providing their milk for, for quads. Three or four babies. Yep. Yeah, for four babies. Yep. So, and I've had many moms who were breastfeeding three babies so um, and fully breastfeeding for several months. So we know that this can be done. It's not – and so I just really get angry that Me people too. put a bias in there and create a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way because if you think you can't do it, I can almost promise you you're not going to do it. On the other hand, if you believe you can do it, you're much more likely to do it. And I say be flexible, but for crying out loud, don't put <laughs> doubts in people's heads. Right. Right from the get-go. Um, and I would say probably the biggest reason people don't 
can't do it is because so many roadblocks are put in the way of mothers of multiples. They get off to the poorest. They need the best start. They get off to the poorest starts because of things that come up, C-sections, complications, preemies, people who don't think it's important to get a milk expression going if they're born early. Uh, and I, when I say that, I mean health professionals who aren't yes. encouraging mothers um, and giving them what the tools that they need to do it. And so they get they start out way behind when they needed to start out ahead of everybody else. I will tell you, Karen, I have taught, I believe, in now more than 40 of the 50 United States. And I have heard this story over and over and over in every area of the country for years. And so it's not just in your locale. It is, I think, fairly widespread. And what really irks me is sometimes, uh, very frequently, the baby hasn't even been born yet. And so we don't know know if that baby is going to be preterm or term or if that baby is going to be a breastfeeding athlete, for heaven's sakes. And so there are these, as you say, these seeds of doubt that have been planted, which really aren't very useful. And it does certainly become, I hate to say a self-fulfilling prophecy, but when your doctor says, and I think that certainly I've come upon that many times, but, oh, well, you know, it's just Marie and she's not a doctor. So what she would, it's like, no, I do know. (laughs) I have seen, and, and I think you are wise to get that emphasis on hundreds, probably thousands of women just in your own life that you know have successfully done that, much less my life or anybody else's. I mean, we know that this has been done. And so one of the things that I try really hard to put the emphasis on is not that your your doctor, your whoever doesn't know their information, because of course we don't want to come across that way. But rather, I found that sometimes it's just really useful to say, well, so many times we know hundreds, thousands of women that have done this, and you can too. Is this something that you want to pursue? Well, this has been a really, really interesting segment, and what I would like to do here is to think a little bit about all of the wonderful things that Karen has talked to us about today. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about supplementation and exclusivity a bit more, and there will also be more. We'll be back right after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Make the most of your beautiful life. Listen to Ageless Living with Dr. Tong Lee and co-host Kurt Wilhelm to gain tips on how to live healthier and happier, alleviate suffering, prevent disease, become more beautiful in body, mind, and fashion, and find peace, balance, and success in your life. Are you aware that every 3,500 calories that you eat above what you burn will put a pound of fat on your body? And running one mile only burns 200 calories? So portion size does matter, and migraines do have a cure. What is it? You'll have to tune in Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. 
Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be, taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with Marie Biancuto and my special guest today, Karen Gramada, author of Mothering Multiples, Breastfeeding and Caring for Twins and More. As you know, we were talking about exclusive breastfeeding. We were talking about really about breastfeeding uh, in the past segment. And Karen didn't exactly say this, but I think that I'm going to maybe say it for her. You imply the daylights out of it, Karen, which is, do you in your heart of hearts believe that it is absolutely possible to be giving that baby no supplement, I should say babies, no supplementation if all of the stars are aligned correctly? You are interpreting correctly. Okay. Um, So unless a mother has some underlying condition or something is going on, the vast majority of women who give birth to multiples, and that includes many that have certain infertility issues, had trouble getting pregnant. Yes, I get that that question, too. Older moms, that includes, there are certain ones that may affect milk production to some degree, but um, for the most part, uh, women can breastfeed 
and fully breastfeed for several months. Several months. Multiples. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because that's the part that I think that people think that it's like this tiny little segment. And I just don't think that's it. I think that exclusivity, I can think of one woman who not only exclusively breastfed her twins, but she continued throughout, even when she returned to work, and she breastfed those kids until they were uh, more than two years old. Those kids never had a sip of formula. And I just thought, I don't know that I could go back to work and do all that. But wow, what a woman. Let me move to... Uh, well, there's a number of women who do that. Uh, My I, mother's multiples. She's not alone. There's mothers who who are breastfeeding multiples and donating milk to milk banks. Are you serious? I didn't know that. I I am very serious. Oh, my word. Well, I think that just tells us that it can be done. And can this particular person with all of her set of circumstances do that? Well, maybe, maybe not. But certainly it can be done. Let me ask you about simultaneous feedings because I get this all the time. Is it absolutely critical that the babies both latch on at the same time and have simultaneous feedings during the hospital stay? I would say that's rather difficult for most sets of multiples and their mother to achieve um, simultaneous feeding, which some are also calling tandem feeding. However, because we have a different, most of us in the breastfeeding world call breastfeeding two children of different ages, and they may or may not be breastfeeding at the exact same moment. Yes, thank you. We call that tandem Tandem. nursing. But many mothers of multiples call simultaneous feeding uh, tandem breastfeeding. And I sometimes call it breastfeeding together, spelling it T-W-O, together. Uh But um, I would say for many sets, that's not going to work real well in the hospital. And and the reason being that you need to know that at least one of the babies is capable of latching on immediately and very deeply so that mom is not going to get hurt. So it's a good latch and that this baby is transferring milk, is doing the behaviors that go with trans- good transfer of milk. Right. You cannot assess that well when two babies are breastfeeding at the same time. The yes. other thing is, is if they've got any issues of latching on, you can be reinforcing poor latch behaviors and and inefficient suckling behaviors by breastfeeding both at the same time. That's not to say there aren't mothers and and babies, because this is a mother-baby team effort. This is not something that moms let babies do or that babies should do. This is, and this is an individual baby. You have to have teamwork here. So there are breastfeeding teams that get it together in the first 24 to 48 hours and leave the hospital doing a lot of simultaneous breastfeeding. But I would say the majority of us, it took a good four to eight weeks and maybe longer depending on the baby's gestational age when they were born before it all comes together. And there is no date by which this needs to be accomplished. And not only that, doing it when when one of the members of the team isn't ready can can result in problems. And something that normally would be a time saver and a helper can be a hindrance if it's if it's done too soon and rushed before one or more of the members of the team is ready. I usually tell mothers that that's a goal that they may want to look forward to in a month or so. And I think it's really interesting that I've just told women that, and I don't consider myself an expert on twins. But to me, if they can do that inside of a month, I'm thrilled. And if yeah. they can do that before then... 
and I'm thrilled. But what I don't want, and I got a better perspective of this when I got out of the hospital, um, <clears throat> is that I see these kids who are twins six weeks later, and neither one of them have got a good latch. Neither one of them yeah. are transferring milk. And so to me, when and, and I still get a lot of heat about this. I get a lot of heat. They're saying, oh, but the mother isn't going to have time. and She's going to spend her whole day breastfeeding and blah, 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 blah. And my, That's what. She's going to do that anyway. <laughs> anyway exactly. And my, my take on this is what's the end goal here? Is the end goal to do simultaneous breastfeeding or is the end goal to get milk into the baby? And I think, too, that so many of these young women have never even held one newborn, far less two newborns. And that, that whole coordination bit, I just don't want to put that onto a person. I just don't think that's fair. Well, it's right up there with the um, mothers hearing from other mothers of multiples that have to get them in a schedule right away. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, and that kind of goes with that. And and really, they're babies. Let's cut everybody some slack. This is new mom. The, each of these are new people on the planet. Let's cut everybody some, some slack. slack. It takes yes. some time to learn, to put it all together, to get those, and for the babies, neural pathways in place that allow, that get to that automatic deep latch and that good suckling and let it come together. And like I said, there are couple, you sure. know triads sure. and the quadra that get it together really quickly, quickly and in the first few days or the first week. To me, that's a bonus. Most of us, you know, it's a bell curve. And then sure. there's those of us down here. The other thing is, is that for some mothers, it's really a creepy feeling to, to <laughs> breastfeed two at the same time. They okay. don't like it. Ah, and, okay. and so that's okay, too. You don't, as long as you read baby's cues and you're breastfeeding each baby on cue when the baby needs it. At, then That's whether critical. you do that separately or together, it yes. really doesn't matter. Right. Right. Oh, so. well said. Well said. And by the way, Karen, you make me feel very empowered because now I feel like if you said it, I must be right. So that makes me feel good. <laughs> well, you can tell all those nurses, <laughs> other nurses that uh, Karen Gramata, who's right. a nurse too. And Karen says, ha ha. Um, um, no, it's just, I, I, it drives me crazy, crazy when anybody has rules because yes. Yes. he's yes. different. Every mom's different. There are no rules. What works for one person does not necessarily work, work for, for another, another or what works for one team doesn't work for another. What worked today may not work, work tomorrow. tomorrow. Right. What didn't work today may work great tomorrow. So you try different things. If something's working, you do more of it. If it's not working, you try something different. Totally agree. And speaking of what to try, I get this question a lot and I'm really never sure. I'm, I'm sure there's no one way to do this, but when you've got triplets or, or, or quads, if you were going to start to help the mother, how would you suggest that she position those triplets or quads? Well, if she, are we talking about simultaneous breastfeeding? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, well, obviously, you can only nurse two at the same time. Uh, right. <laughs> what, a lot of, what a lot of moms with triplets do is they'll feed two and um, then the third one they'll feed on both breasts. Okay. And it's sometimes, and they, and it's whoever wakes up first. Sure. They don't, they don't usually wake babies. Um, and then, and then that usually switches around. Now, sometimes it I suggest that the mother give her finger to the third baby who's kind of sitting in her lap or nearby. Would you suggest that? 
if she if the baby will go for it. I've seen ba- mothers put them down on those vibrate in the little vibrating chair yeah. thing, uh-huh. and they put their toe <laughs> in the baby's mouth. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Clean, clean, clean toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going for clean but, toes. Yeah. I mean, you do what you have to do. And in the time that we have remaining, can you address what do you do when all three or all four babies are hungry all at the same time? What's the best? Well, and again, usually, I, I realize I'm asking for a best strategy, but everybody's different. But what would you yeah. try first? Well, for, first of all, you'll probably be crying too. <laughs> okay. Because that is tough. Yes. It is really tough. Um, if you can get, if babies are at the place where you can, uh, and, and that, is the di- that is one of the difficult things because, and one of the drivers, if you've got babies who tend to wake at the same time, that's one of the drivers to get them breastfeeding simultaneously. But I know with my babies, they had that issue and I would be rushing the one to try to get through to get to the other one. And then the one I just put down who'd eaten at least some was not happy. And you just feel like you're juggling. Um, sometimes, again, those vibrating chairs can really help. I know mothers who bring their, a stroller in and they'll kind of use their toes to push it. Um, like you said, sucking on a finger. Um, it just kind of depends on the babies. But I would say that's one of the reasons to, get, to move toward uh, that pushes people toward simultaneous feeding. And there are some of us where if another adult was in the house, we could with a little bit of help supporting, sure. we could do this. I really think now with the rediscovery of laid-back breastfeeding, oh, yes. Colson's, re- Colson's re- rediscovery, yes. Yes. Um, you can do um, kind of laid-back double clutch or double straddle, um, and you might be able to get to or at least calm two babies at the same time more quickly. Uh, a mom of triplets and a mom of quads often have more help in the house longer, uh, and so you would maybe have extra hands to help with a baby. But yes. I think some of those um, vibrating, uh, those motion swings, swings. The, uh-huh. the chairs, the little chairs, things like that. And some of it depends on what pe- room people have in their house. Yes. But those kinds of things can really help too. And I'd um, just like to say here that um, – Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, the the laid-back nursing. I mentioned that in another segment that I did for our audience if you're interested in learning more about laid-back nursing. At any rate, um, I'm going to give you a few minutes to think about what we've just said during this segment. And stay tuned because when we come back, we're going to talk about milk supply and weight gain issues for mothers of multiples. I'm Marie Biancuzzo with Born to be Breastfed. And my very special guest today... Karen Gramata. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. 
Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Holy hormones, honey! Every week, this groundbreaking radio show brings you insight about hormone fluctuations, addressing the core biological issues that cause mood disorders, and offers a general support center for women everywhere at any stage in their lives. Host Leslie Carol Botha has the passion and drive to help you make informed decisions about your well-being and reclaim your life. Holy Hormones, Honey, sponsored by True Hope Incorporated, is broadcast live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed with Marie Biancuso. Today I have my special guest, Karen Gramada. Karen is the author of Mothering Multiples, Breastfeeding and Caring for Twins, and more. Just before the break, we were talking about positioning uh, twins and higher order multiples. And what I'd like to talk about now is milk supply. Karen alluded to this a little bit earlier when she said that mothers can make enough milk to exclusively breastfeed their babies, presuming that there's no a hugely big pathological whatever underlying but if pretty much if everything is going as one might expect that they can make enough milk so that's all really great Karen but 
How do you increase milk supply with twins or higher order multiples? The same way you increase milk for a singleton. <laughs> you, milk production, is it's a factory in there. And when you ask <laughs> it to do more, it does more. Yes. But it has to be asked to do more. So that means the more frequently and the more thoroughly that milk is removed, the more you make. Yes. And if you've got two babies, three babies who are effectively breastfeeding, so that means they're effective effectively, milk removers, yes. then each of them is telling your breast, make more and make it faster. And that that means that we don't look at schedules at first. We don't, we look at the baby, we read the baby, not the book. And Ooh, when I a like baby that. cues... When a baby cues, we let that baby, we offer the breast. We don't say it's been, oh, it's only been two hours or three hours or four hours. We say, oh, you act like you want to eat. I mean, today I think we expect more out of newborns than we expect out of adults. What adults only eats by a, at a certain time on Absolutely. the clock. Absolutely. So it's, it's almost cruel. We eat for other reasons than just food also. Certainly. So, so I, and babies are going to do that. So I think the, the biggie is really reading each baby because um, different multiples, just like any different siblings, can have different behavioral styles. And you can have one that cues differently or has a different buildup of cues than another. You can have one that only truly only needs eight breastfeedings in 24 hours. And you can have another one who truly needs 12 breastfeedings in, in 24 hours. So what happens which one of those do you think the mom's going to work for in terms sure. of a routine or a schedule? So now you can have one of multiples that may not gain enough weight or be driving milk production as he or she needs because they're not being they're not given access to the breast when they need it. Karen, so let I me, think it's really important to look at those cues. Let me ask you this, Karen. Would you make that same statement for identical twins as well as fraternal twins? Yes. Oh, okay. More, more of us with identical twins with monozygotes, they tend, not all of them, but they tend to have more similar styles. Yes. They're skewing style, but sometimes one's a little bit more. Let's put it this way. When you're learning to breastfeed with a baby, it's like learning to dance with a, with a new partner. I love it. The mom of multiples is having to learn two different dances, two dances. With or two, two partners. partners. Yes. At the same yes. time three partners or four partners so she's lear- she's having to learn multiple dances it's a confusing at times to learn all these different steps the the mother with monozygotes with identical twins they're more if one's doing the rumba the other's likely to do you know <laughs> more, more likely to be doing a rumba or one doing a waltz the other one but their tempos can be different so so that you're, you're having to deal with different tempos. There's still a difference. And, um, and we really need to – that's one of the things I love about breastfeeding multiples is for me, and my, my twins are monozygotes, it, with each of my babies, I felt it helped me really respect each as an individual. Yes. Um, I didn't always like it, <laughs> but it really did pull me. It got me away from that idea that I have to do it this way or this way. It got me to trust my instincts. It, it taught me that each of these is a very unique, special person. And yes. I think I'd have figured that out anyway, but it's nice but it just kind of helped me do that. Maybe partly the hormones you release. I mean, think of all the hormone releases 
women are having the oxytocin and the beta endorphins that are being released with multiples. It's incredible. Well, I think that I really love your idea of dancing with two different partners and maybe even dancing with two different partners, two different dances, the waltz and the rumba. And I'm also thinking that very frequently when I teach my comprehensive course, I really struggle with myself about where to put all that material about infant feeding cues. Should I put it with the stuff on latch or should I put it with something else? And a while ago, I realized maybe I should put it with communication. Because honestly, even though the babies aren't talking, they most certainly are communicating. They are communicating their needs. And it's up to the mother and certainly to the rest of us to read those cues. And I think you've made just a wonderful explanation for how these kids are not necessarily going to communicate exactly the same just because they came out of, as my mother would say, the same sack. You bring me to a wonderful point here, which is, um, as you know, I got some several, actually, several of these questions have come from real people, and I might have reconstructed them a little bit. But this one was one that I took almost word for word. She says, how does the mother's milk supply respond to a growth spurt in one or both twins? I ask because I had a couple of days where we had to go into the frozen supply to keep the babies happy. Then my breasts caught up, and once again, I had a little extra milk at the end of the day. So, and that, I think, Karen, my question would be, do you think that these growth spurts don't necessarily happen at the same time? And if so, how, her question is, how does the mother's milk supply respond? So I realize that's two questions. Well, first of all, we don't know that growth spurts are associated with increasing milk production. Um, that's one theory. There's another theory that they're, they have to do, they are growth spurts, but they have to do the, the fussiness or the extra nursing or the, the lack of uh, satiation or cues or whatever. Um, the fussiness may be related to growing pains that they have, so their ah, joints ache. Ah. Um, and um, and that makes a that. lot of sense to me. Yeah, um, Nyford, I think, was, has, is one, oh. one of hers. Her okay. papers many years ago came okay. up. Marianne, that. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Marianne Neifert, Dr. Right. Dr. Mom, yeah, uh-huh. That, and it made a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I will say that growth spurts with multiples are hell. <laughs> no in the vernacular. <laughs> and that is covered in mothering multiples because what we found in our group, and, and mothering multiples is based on thousands of mothers of multiples who breastfed and over the re- years came to our Cincinnati La Leche League multiples group. And so my, it's not based just on my experience. It's based on collective experiences. And what we found is they if they, they go through them together, together it, it's, it's really be tough uh-huh. but it's also tough when you have one that goes through it and that one's just coming out of it and another one's going through it but with it because you're just kind of breathing again and you're back you're you know you're diving back in to that really excessive breastfeeding for a few days i think the thing is just to go with them and realize they're going to be futzy and the other thing about growth spurts with multiples is they tend to last a little bit longer uh-huh. so instead of 2 to 3 days you're you know whether they piggyback it 2 to 3 days each or whether you have two going through it at the same time it's it's likely to last 5 to 7 days so i say hell i am not kidding oh it, wow i oh. I, I mean Again, it's one of those periods where you you cry a lot yourself. <laughs> yeah, but I but I never had a stash, and many of us don't. I think there's a um, 
a belief system now, I think that if you don't have a pump and you're not pumping there and you don't have extra, there's a problem. But um, that's not – if babies are peeing, pooping, and gaining weight and they're, you know, doing what they're supposed to do, then you've got enough milk so you don't really have to pump. It's up to you if you want to. Sure. So. Let me ask you this. Um, in the time that we have remaining, I have a question here from a listener who says, if a mother and babies are separated, that is, babies are in the NICU, does the mother – need to pump more frequently than she would for a singleton? Well, I think we have to be realistic. Okay. Um, would it be wonderful if she could? I would say yes. And first of all, here is one of my major, uh, I'll call it a rule, but I realize not everybody can do this, but honestly, I would beg, borrow, and steal <clears throat> to use a rental breast pump. I think it is crucial for a mother of multiples, if both, unless both babies are latching on and effectively breastfeeding eight or more times in 24 hours, and you're, if you're on a pump for milk in any way at, during those early weeks to months, please do yourself a favor yes. and rent a friggin' breast pump. Yes. Because it is a high-quality pump, yes. not a toy pump, as I like to say. The, the other... The toy pumps, the ones people use for work and all that, yeah. they're fine for well-established milk productions when the babies are your main pumps. But even for a mother of multiples who's back at work, it may be better to take a rental because she'll get more milk and get it faster and she'll get – she'll empty things, you know, probably remove more than – and. and do a thorough job of it. Uh, but it's really crucial if you're depending on a pump at all for baby's milk, please rent a pump. Those yes. are the only ones that are designed to establish milk production and maintain milk production 24-7. And let me be quick to add here that having a pump that is not a rental grade or sometimes called hospital grade pump, you might not need that if you're going to Aunt Millie's for Thanksgiving or you're right. going back to work. or whatever. Those things are fine for what they are designed for. But in terms of a woman who is what I call pump dependent, that is, she does not have a baby at the breast. She is completely dependent on the pump. That's like a whole other situation. And so I'm going to push you on this question a little bit then, Karen. If Because you said, well, realistically, but idealistically, my question would be, should she then be pumping more frequently than she would for a singleton? I, I would say ideally, probably yes to bring to okay. – but uh, what I find is that if moms are – are um, expressing milk, and I really encourage moms to express with a mechanical pump, a hospital-grade rental, plus add some hands-on techniques. And if they're doing that eight or more times in 24 hours, I think that's, that's adequate. That one, as we get babies who become more effective, they will bump it up. If they're allowed to breastfeed ad lib for once they're effective, if they're able to breastfeed ad lib for a day, two days, maybe three days, they will bump up production. Terrific. Um, okay. Um, yeah. I would like to just recap here that we've been talking about how to increase milk supply and. Uh, I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here with Karen Gramada. We will be back and talk about some other issues related to twins and triplets after we come back from this short break. Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Karen Grimada, author of Breastfeeding Twins and Multiples. And we were just talking earlier about milk supply and also about pumping for twins and multiples. And now I'd like to take on some issues that really don't go into any particular category. But one of the things I'd like to talk about first is a very interesting question that we got from a listener. She says, this is a great question, how does a mother handle the gymnastic routines when the twins get older? How do you discourage sibling abuse when they are 
uh, well, what she really means is when they are uh, simultaneously breastfeeding. So, Karen, start out by telling us what gymnastic is. <laughs> I loved that word. And I, I know what she meant, but it's not a very common word. And uh, by the way, her babies are 10 months old. So what do you do when the babies have these sort of little mini fist fights? Uh, how, how do you deal with that? Well, I call them food fights. Food fights, um, okay. Yeah. Let's start and they with... Are- Let's start with what gymnastic routines are. I think gymnastic is a great term for the the body activity, gymnastics essentially, that older babies can do. Because an older baby can go through up-down pretzel formations and still find the breasts, get on there deeply and get what they need. When you have two of them at the same time, they really do start getting in each other's way. And for many of us, our, our babies wouldn't let us nurse one without breastfeeding the other. So ah. it was like they made us breastfeed them together. Got it. And some people will put toys around their neck, like they'll put a string around the back of their neck with a toy at the end. Uh, some find that going to a double clutch position if they've not been using oh, that. So uh-huh football position Um, some will I mean there were times where I would stop the breastfeeding just like you would do for biting or something say I'm sorry we will not it is not okay to have a food fight in my lap and I put them down (laughs) briefly and they and they climb back up and so I'd wait till they settle because um, you really it makes um, breastfeeding in public is definitely a challenge (laughs) because they will do that out too so I think it some of it is be is mom style too what she's comfortable with we all come in different shapes and sizes so but I think moms should feel comfortable if they need to stopping the breastfeeding a bit because pretty soon if they want to breastfeed they figure they've got to settle I think some of it is simply their bodies get in each other's way and they don't and next thing you know you've got a food fight going on Here's another question. I uh, love, love the part about the food fight. gives a whole new meaning to that word. Um, here's another question that we got from a listener. What advice would you give to a mom who is about to embark on breastfeeding multiples during her, her uh, journey? I assume she's pregnant. Please don't say that we need help. Enough people will tell mothers that we need help. I was scared to death when I was about to leave the hospital and the realization kicked in. I had no help. I was exclusively breastfeeding my triplets, plus I had a 17-month-old at home, and I just turned, I, I had a baby who had just turned three at home. Can you give maybe the in the moments that we have left here, maybe your top two or three recommendations that are real practical, nitty-gritty, what else would, I mean, I agree, just saying you need help probably doesn't always do it. What would be your maybe top three recommendations for her? Well, one, she's just, she said, don't say help, but that's exactly what she needs is household help. Okay. Someone to help with the older kids, someone to get meals on. I tell people, don't have people come visit you in the hospital. Have them come when you're home. Only meet the babies if they bring food in non-returnable <laughs> containers. Okay. Or, or they clean a bathroom or they throw in laundry, but they must pay some barter system to meet the babies. And Karen, um, But I do me. think you need scheduled um, you need help. But the other thing is go find other breastfeeding moms of multiples. And there's a lot of places to do that. Yes. And by the way, Karen, you'll give me some links that I can put on my site so that people will sure. see that. That would be good. I think they would be uh, grateful. Uh, let me ask you this one, too. Uh, she says, how can I help to support a mother of multiples? And I think that what she means by that is not the household kind of thing. But um, what can you say? How can you be positive? What is supportive if you are another mother? And by the way, you have your own brood at home. Well, 
bring that food in non-returnable <laughs> containers. Uh, maybe if she has, you know, have a play date where the kids can be there. Be her breastfeeding cheerleader. Don't be one of the naysayers. There uh, are more than enough people telling you you can't do it. That's true. There are more than enough people saying, oh, are they getting enough? Yes. You need cheerleaders. The other thing is this mom often doesn't have the time, especially in those first weeks, to find a help network. But that may be something another mom can do is she can go online and find some resources for this mom. So there, there are a number of things someone else can do, but just being an ear and being a cheerleader – it's and hugely. bringing food in non-retainable containers yes. is um, is really, really helpful. And I will just add one more thing to that, which is whether it's twins or singletons, it, it's always about taking care of the other kids in the household. It's not about mm-hmm. taking care of the new babies. The so I'd just like to conclude here by saying that we started out the hour talking about supplementation and exclusivity and the fact that exclusivity is absolutely possible for these babies. We moved on to talking about some positioning and related techniques, and Karen gave us some, some good advice there. We talked about milk supply and pumping, and then finally we wound up with some of these uh, less less technical issues, but rather things in terms of really trying to help and support that mother. I'd just like to remind everyone that Karen is the author of Mothering Multiples, Breastfeeding and Caring for Twins or More. It's currently published by La Leche League International. This book is the most comprehensive book focusing on breastfeeding multiples. It is based on not only personal experience, but more importantly, on the combined experiences of hundreds or thousands of breastfeeding mothers of twins, many mothers of triplets, and several mothers of triplets who were part of the Cincinnati, Ohio, La Leche League for multiples, that is multiples only, group for for literally decades. So although the emphasis may be on breastfeeding, the book really covers the gamut of parenting uh, multiple births and toddlers. The book is available from La Leche League International or from Barnes & Noble online, or certainly you can order it through any bricks-and-mortar bookstores. Don't forget to visit Karen's website. Karen is at, wait till you hear this, this is so easy to remember, www.karengramata.com. I'll repeat that. It's www.karengramata.com. Karen also has a really great Facebook group, and if you are a mother of multiples, I would suggest that you take a look at that. You will find it under the same title as her book, and that is Mothering Multiples, Breastfeeding and Caring for Twins or More. If you are the mother of multiples, or even if you're just anticipating being the mother of multiples, don't miss these excellent resources. And also on my website, I will try to give you at least some of those really important URLs that we talked about today. That's all the time that we have for today. I would like to thank Karen Gramata for being a very knowledgeable, very delightful guest. Karen, always fun to talk with you. And I would especially like to thank the listening audience for their time with us at Born to be Breastfed. I'd like to invite all of you to come back next week. 
Please visit my website. It's at borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of what's coming up next week. And if you're interested in professional continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. I'm Marie Biancuto, and I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths, clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.